0: Welcome to the Truth Be Known Podcast, bringing you the objective truth, boldly, candidly, and without apology. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Be Known Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Jolly.
1: And I'm Eki Tepsapornchai.
0: Well, brothers, always, it's uh, good to have you on again this week. I really look forward to our times together. And I think we're going to have a good episode today.
1: Talking about, um, uh, we're talking about education, right?
0: Yeah, I think we're going to talk about a, a, a few different things. But yeah, really centered around um, parents uh, and education concerning their children. And, yeah. um, it, you know, it's a topic that uh, really kind of a, a fire was relit with some stuff that Jen Wilkin uh, wrote. I I don't know if she, it was an interview she did. Um, I don't know if that was a recent interview with CGC that they put out or it's just recirculating, but I think it stirred up a lot of new interest in um, how parents should be looking at education for their children. Uh, How should they view the public school system versus private school um, and so it seemed like a good, uh, a, a good topic to talk about, because I think as our society changes um, in significant ways, the public school system is undoubtedly changing um, yep. in a lot of those same significant ways. And so uh, I think parents, even now and in the future, the issue of whether or not to homeschool, private school, public school – Are going to be met with kind of a new, a renewed zeal and need for questioning, and um, you know, because for a long time in our country, um, you know, public school was uh, it was generally understood what types of things you would be taught, what kinds of things the teachers would say. I think we haven't had that in some time now, but uh, but the change is significant and and drastic, and uh, I think that once that ball started started rolling downhill. In terms of all the political agendas in the school system, now it's just going yeah. at rapid speed. So, what do parents do? Um, maybe let's just bring up some of the stuff that Jen Wilkin uh, said and and brought up. And so it was a debate between her and another gentleman. Honestly, I can't remember who the debate was. Uh,
1: was uh, Pennington was the last name? J.T. Pennington, t- I t- want to say.
0: Yeah. 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 Pennington. Um, and I, I have to say, it it actually was a decent debate. Um, I, I mean, just in terms, it was really a discussion, not so much a, a debate. Yeah. Um, al- although I find it interesting that she was willing to do that publicly with him. Um, mm-hmm. it, yep, just an interesting dynamic. But, but I think so. Her view, and I don't want to misrepresent her view, but it, she makes it very clear that she is very much not only in favor of putting um, your children in public school but she most certainly believes that is something parents should strive to do. Um, and it's very clear it's a preference for her and, and she, it caused up such a stir that she went on Twitter and did this long series of tweets to say, I didn't say this. I did say that, um, which some of what she said on her tweet actually isn't true. And we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but but anyway, it's just a very interesting topic. So let, let's just start generally and broadly. Um, you, you do a lot of counseling. Uh, we're both pastors. We both at, at some stages, every, every pastor is going to have to talk to some parent about
1: yeah, this decision,
0: right. right? What's your first and general kind of conversation with parents who come to you and say, look, our kid's going to be starting school. They're at the age we need to start really thinking about that um what does god want can we put them in public school can we not where do you start that conversation biblically
1: yeah that's a that's a great question and uh when i think about deuteronomy 6 about how parents have the responsibility of raising up their their children really in the fear of the lord um, i, I want to point out that um, secular education is not neutral at one time i think it was more neutral Um, It's never fully neutral, but I grew up in a time where the focus was really just on teaching how to read, teaching how to write, teaching you mathematics, those kinds of things. And when we took, for instance, the sex ed class, which um, happened sometime, I think, in my junior high school years, somewhere between sixth to eighth grade, I remember there was a form that we brought home and the parents had to approve, my parents had to approve me participating in that. And that class was really just understanding biologically um, the way the uh, male system works, the way the female system works, and uh, reproduction. Right. So it was very neutral, and it's no longer neutral. I think that's my concern. They they are pushing views and ideologies that are very specifically um, anti-biblical. I mean, they are an attack against God and his design. So my general advice to parents, if at all possible— uh, put them in a school that's going to teach from a Christian worldview or homeschool or participate in some sort of homeschool co-op where you've got a number of families coming together and uh, they put their kids together and, and they uh, they basically share those resources, uh, the, those homeschooling resources together. So that would be my preference. Now, full disclaimer, and this is for the both of us, neither you nor I have children, um, but I, I don't think in this case that would change my view at all. In fact. Um, I, I know of many parents who share these same convictions and, and share them quite strongly. So if at all possible, yeah. you want to put them in a place where they're not going to be exposed to, to such, um, I would say, demonic and really man-centered ideologies.
0: And I, I think, let me just make a comment about the fact that neither you nor I have children, um, because I think at times that becomes kind of a major point of pushback when pastors are teaching I mean, here's the reality. Um, the, the the call to the pastor, the role of the pastor is not to have to have experienced every part of life that everyone in the congregation has experienced. Um, right. and, and since we're presenting a point of view from God's word, we don't need to have children. Now, that does mean that we can't necessarily relate to some of you know, the struggles and some of the, uh, the emotions and things like that. But at the end of the day, our role is to simply say, this is what God's word says. Here's wisdom in light of what God's word says. Um, and, and so just, just, just to point that out, because in, in emotional debates, um, or conversations, oftentimes, well, you don't experience what I experience comes up. Right. 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 Um, And without being callous, that's really irrelevant Um, when we're asking the question, what is God's expectation of a parent? Um, And and so we're just trying to present that thing. Yeah, and you're right. You know, Ephesians 6, 4, um, and you mentioned Deuteronomy as well. So we see this in both Old and New Testament. uh, in, In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So here you have a command. Right. Um, you, you have the entire goal uh, of a parent in terms of educating their child. And that is however you do educate your child, it must be in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, so that's the command that we have. And so, yeah, I think, you know, for, for me, when a parent is looking at um, educating their child, that has to be. What you come back to as the foundation for all your decisions, right? So, it, if if putting your if putting your child here um, won't accomplish that or fights against that, uh, then the question needs to be asked: Is there a better option? You know, because that's the that's the goal. Now, Ben Wilkin, it's interesting. I I want to to be fair to her. Um, she was pretty. It seemed to be pretty open about her. position why she had her position i don't know that she was all that honest uh, in her tweets um when she was saying uh, commenting on it I, i maybe she just didn't go back and listen to what she said but what's very interesting is she starts off the video um by talking about her own experience and i think this is almost more important than yeah. some of the things that she says specifically. So in in the beginning, she says that her perspective is heavily auto- autobiographical, and then she goes on to talk about how all her children went to public school, how she has several family members who are educators in the public school, um, and, and so in reality, her view it, it isn't based on scripture at all, and, and that's one mm-hmm. of the thing the striking things you see if you. Uh, now, I listen to it on double time. It's an hour-long thing. Um, but if you listen to her argumentation, it it's void of anything biblical. Now, she hmm. throws a couple Bible verses out, but that doesn't make the argument biblical. Her entire argument is based on her own experience. And, and yeah. that's just what it is, right? And in fact, later on in the video, she talks about, How um, let's see here. I just I made a couple notes just so I I wouldn't uh, misquote or anything. Yeah. So later on in the video, she actually talks about um, how she has a slight distaste of Christian schools, but how that's largely based on bad experiences she has had and Mm. talks and just mentions in passing that she may have a little bit of baggage there. So just throughout the entire thing, what you see is not a case from her um, for children to be put in public schools biblically, but it's all emotional. Um, And and we we can say a a lot about that
1: experience based. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which which is still emotion. Right. Um, She's attached to it because her family goes to public school because, you know, her and her husband decided to public school. For children. Um, and so you have all those dynamics, which is interesting. Now, uh, Kennington, on the other hand, um, well, although well, although my view would be a little stronger than his view, um, it, his view was biblical. He starts uh, by talking about uh, the, the goal of raising your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And so it, it it's an entirely it's really two different conversations. Right. One, the gentleman is arguing from a biblical perspective, perspective, and Jen Wilkin is really just arguing from her own experience. And a lot of her talking points are just worldly talking points. Right. Um, education is a right for all. Um, it, you know, it's a foundation for uh, true society. Uh, I'm not saying that all of the points that she made were wrong, but they're just all secular talking points. Nothing yeah. really biblical. Now, and so and so let me ask you this then. When we hear arguments like this and we can see that foundationally the argument for something is rooted in experience, how should that shape how we view or interpret Jen's argument, for instance? I mean what what does that do for us helping us understand that?
1: Yeah, you know context is important, um, and the context of someone's comments. In this case, her experiences, the fact that she has family members there, and I have heard other people note. And by the way, if you're wondering who Jen Wilkin is, she's um, she's a Bible teacher at uh, the Village Church, um, same church that Matt Chandler is the pastor of. And it was really with Jen Wilkin there that I believe Matt Chandler took a more um, egalitarian view uh, of men and women um, teaching. Now, I don't believe she preaches on Sundays. Someone can correct me if that's uh, if that's incorrect, but I do know that she um, often teaches to a mixed audience. Um, so she's very uh, well-respected as a Bible teacher there. And <clears throat> so in these arguments, when they start to talk from experience, uh, we have to recognize that, recognize, well, th- this is experience-driven argument. And the question is, okay, Jen, if you are in a place like, for instance, the state of California, because she's in the state of Texas, Texas is much more conservative than California. And as I had mentioned, at one time when I grew up, the education was more neutral. It, it was more with the goal of just educating. And that is not, no longer happening in many of the schools here in California. She's not only in a conservative state, she's also in a very conservative part of the conservative state, um, a, a kind of an upper middle class, as I understand, a very wealthy kind of area. So that's one of those areas where kids can still go to public school and not be subjected to the concerns that we have. And by the way, it's not, you know, if you find that your public school system is good, and you don't have the kind of issues that we're seeing in some of the more liberal states, then the public school system can be a good option to consider as well. You know, but um, when someone speaks through experience, we have to recognize the context where that experience is coming from and recognize that their experience may not necessarily be your experience because they're not being subjected to what you're being subjected to. And you mentioned uh, something earlier, our, our stewardship. Your kids are your responsibility. You have been given your kids by the Lord. You are stewards of your kids. And some will argue that well, just because they go to a Christian school doesn't mean that they're going to be saved, and just because they go to a public school doesn't mean that they won't be saved. And that's absolutely true. Um, I grew up in the public school system; I was saved, and I know a number of people that were grown up in a uh, Christian system and are not saved. That's not really the point here. The point here is the stewardship that the parents have over the children. You want to be sure that they get. Not only the best education possible, but one that is the most rooted in truth. And you also want to expose them as much as possible to the truth of the Christian faith. Whether they reject the faith or not is not not the issue here. The, the question is, what are you doing as stewards of your children to, to make sure that you're helping them walk? Um, so I, I would, in these cases where people talk from experience, I do want to go back to scripture and think through, okay, what is our responsibility in scripture? It's great that your experience, um, was not negative. It's something that should be considered. I mean, don't just throw it out, you know, especially if you're in the same area, um, for instance, that, uh, that she may be in with the schools that, um, uh, that she has experience with. Um, but, uh, you have to come back to scripture and be able to Um, be able to justify your decisions uh, through Scripture. And you know, Scripture doesn't speak to us about public and private schools, uh, but it does speak to us about our responsibilities. And one of the major failures of the nation of Israel in the Old Testament uh, was the fact that the children didn't know God uh, because the parents were not faithful to share the testimonies of god to pass those things down uh to their children so their children didn't know what the parents knew and and from there they really opened up uh, opened them up to just idolatry and and going after false gods and one more thing i i often bring up the watchman of israel ezekiel chapter three uh, the lord calls ezekiel the watchman of israel Um, you be sure that you call the nation to repentance, and if they don't repent, then the blood is not on your hands, it's on their hands. Um, If you don't call them to repent when they should be repenting, then the blood is on your hands. And that's from Ezekiel to the nation. How much more important is that responsibility from parents to children? Um, And just making sure that they understand the things of God, and if they end up rejecting it later, well, it's not because you did not raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, but if you don't raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and uh, they grew up to, to be pagans, well, there, there was a deficiency in your stewardship that you were given a responsibility of from the Lord.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that really has to be um, the, 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 the driving force behind the decision is the fact that God commands parents to raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I mean, so you're talking about, and they bring this up in in the episode, right? Uh, they, they talk about the fact that between, you know, starting school and graduating high school, it's something like 14 to 15,000 hours of instruction. Um, and yeah, and, you know, she just kind of uh, blows over that, makes a comment about how it's the first time she's heard it. I don't know if she was joking or not. I'm, I'm assuming she must be. Um, but but that's a lot of hours. I mean, you're talking about the majority of every day, your children being in a secular setting. Um, and, and so to her credit, she doesn't talk about how she's sending her children as missionaries, you know, into the school system, which I've heard, you know, parents say that myself, to be quite frank, that's really stupid. Um, you can't send children who aren't even believers yet as missionaries into the Uh, And, and, and you don't send untrained missionaries into the field either. So that, but to her credit, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't go there. Um, And if if people want a really good, let me just say this, um, a a really good breakdown of what happened in that video, you can listen to Chris Honhold's uh, voice of reason radio. And maybe I'll just put a link because I think he did an entire podcast just on that debate uh, in, in the show notes for, for people to listen to. Um, He he also had a very
1: detailed tweet as well, yeah.
0: Yeah, he likes his long tweets, um, (laughs) but they're good. They're good. They're worth taking the time to to listen to. Um, But it's very interesting because, and let me pull up what she says here, because this is, again, this is shaping her perspective and and her recommendation. Um, the, The very first thing she writes, I guess, is the second part of the thread. Point number one on Twitter, she says, I did not say... Christians should send their kids to public school to love their neighbor. This is a mischaracterization of my argument. I did say, what's best for my family is the is only one lens for families who have a choice in education. Well, that's actually not true. <laughs> so either she doesn't remember what she says or she's just lying. No. Um, so hopefully she just doesn't remember what she said. Now, what she actually did, said... Didn't, in, she,
1: didn't she quote Philippians 2.3?
0: Yeah, she mentioned it in passage passing, and in the first five minutes, she says our participation in the public school system is directly related to loving your neighbors. She makes that statement, so maybe on a technicality, he didn't say Christians good sin like she didn't say that verbatim, but she most no. definitely and explicitly said it was linked to loving your neighbors. So I. I I, I get kind of leery of that because it almost feels like yeah. sort of manipulation um, because she knows surely she mentioned and connected the two. And and I think and, and what concerns me is loving your neighbors has just been kind of a, a phrase that's been ripped, kicking and screaming out of context over the last several years, basically to say if you aren't doing things the way you know the government wants you to or the way this particular vein of people want you to do it then you're not loving your neighbor. Uh, and it feels like that same thing here. Um, but she most definitely did connect the two within the first five minutes of the video. And that was, mm. and then later on, she referenced Philippians. So, and, and then she says that um, what she said, and this is almost like she's saying, I didn't say this, but what I said instead was, what's best for my family is only one lens for families who have a choice in education. Well, that's also not exactly true. What she said first was that people, Christians, should push back on that idea. That—that's what she said. Um, mm. She said, "What's best for my family is something that Christians should push back on." So, it, it's a little bit strange how she's interacting with her own material. It—it—it's not accurate at the very least, for whatever reasons. I don't want to impugn motives, but it's just not true. Yeah, and. And I think that, so that's kind of her mindset is, you know, why would you want to encourage the Christian community to push back on parents who don't want to send their kids to public school? Um, that, that seems like a strange thing to me. Uh, but I think the reason is she, she's coming from a very secularized worldview. Um, she doesn't have a biblical worldview in this area. And I think that's very clear Mm. because it's all based on her experiences and on emotions.
1: Well, can, can I point this out too? I mean, we take a look at Philippians chapter two, verse three, and I believe this is the verse that she quoted. Um, it says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Now, as I understand it, and I didn't listen to the interview, but as I understand it, she makes the argument that if you can afford to put your kids in um, Christian school, you're, you're kind of leaving others who don't have that option in a worse position. Um, those who can't afford it um, are kind of stuck and, and you're not uh, you're not loving them. Um This verse, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, the do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. First, let's uh, recognize that Paul is um, speaking to the church. He is addressing believers and talking about their love for one another. But he goes on to give the example of Jesus Christ starting from chapter, from verse 5, that same chapter, um, saying in verse 6, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So the humility of Christ uh, was about being obedient to the will of God um, for the sake of bringing us uh, to uh, bringing us salvation. I mean, that that was why he went to the cross. And then later he would be exalted from verses 9 through 11, those great verses on his um, exaltation. So Paul is bringing this up because he wants the Philippian church to be of one mind. And, And this goes back to his first commandment in that letter, starting in chapter 1, verse 27, "...only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel." So his concern, and as he goes into chapter two, his concern for the body of Christ is that um, they are united in love, um, that they are loving one another and considering each other's needs. Um, In the case of where you send your kids to school, that is not a selfish decision because you're thinking of your kids. Again, you are stewards of the kids that you've been given. Now, what about for parents that may not have any other choice for whatever reason, maybe both parents... Um, just because of the situation they're in, they both have to work full time. Um, they they can't afford, um, and, and they they can't afford either the time or the money. Um, I, I would say that really try to exhaust those options. But if you're in that situation, well, you can put your kids in the public school system. Um, but I would say, and this is probably true no matter where you put your kids, but be involved in what they're learning. You know, have a have a relationship with them throughout the process. Uh, learn from their You know, talk to their teachers, find out what the curriculum is, what they're being taught, um, what's expected of their children, and talk to your children constantly about what they're learning. So that as they are learning things that maybe are not beneficial to them, um, you want to help them understand what the Christian worldview is. Otherwise, if you leave that unchecked, I mean, the the sheer number of hours that your children are spending in school— dwarfs any number of hours that you as a parent is actually spending with them. So in many ways, they're being parented um, by the teachers who are at the schools. And as an example, in the state of California, um, California, as part of their official sex ed curriculum, and by the way, I mentioned before that parents used to have to um, sign a waiver form or sign a form to approve their children to attend sex ed classes. Now it's totally opposite. Um, parents must check a box to say that they don't want their kids to participate so if they don't do anything then by default mm. the kids go through with it and yeah. uh, and and part of the program in california is that they teach them about the um you know the multitude of genders that there's more than two genders and some of the material very explicitly states that if there's any religious institution that holds to the idea that there's only two genders that institution such as a church is guilty of spiritual abuse now those are big yeah. words Th- those are big words that um that, that's the talking points and the ideologies that flow right out of the liberal mindset that seeks to deny who who god is and seeks to deny his word and that goes all the way back to romans chapter 1 you know, though, um, though they know the thing, they, they know what's right before God. They not only practice them, but they give hearty approval to those who who do the same. And that's the world that we're in, and that's the worldview that your child could be exposed to on a daily basis. So you you need to just stay engaged, um, and even better if you're in a more remote area of the state, such as I am. I'm in the city of Brawley. It's a small town. Um, there's not a, as much of that here as there would be in the major cities. So thank God for that. Um, but uh, keep keep track uh, of what your child is being taught, and and recognize that there are ideologies that the state seeks to push down. That you need to take an active role in defending your child against.
0: Yeah, and and I think you know that's got to be a last resort. And we're kind of talking about that. We're we're not saying, look, Scripture doesn't say you can't put your kid in the public school. And so I mean, this is where parents really, I mean, you you've got to. You've got to take time. You've got to think through and you've got to say, OK, how can we accomplish what God has commanded us to? Um, what do we have available to us and how do we work with that? Um, and and I think just recognizing that the public school system is just for for in most cases, for most people now. And eventually it's going to be for everyone. It's just not going to be the first choice for your kid. Right. Um, and, and then I think a lot of the questions that arise well, what about this? What about that? Or, now, oftentimes, they're emotional questions. I'm not saying dismiss those things, but if your if 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 your starting point is scripture, then you can deal with those things. So, just as an example, well, h- how do I deal with the fact that um, if we homeschool, maybe my kid won't get the socialization I think he needs? Because that's a very common one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I I would just first ask. It, what kind of socialization have you decided your kid needs? Do you, have you decided that your kid needs to be uh, socialized in a godless way? Because that's what we're talking about. I, right. I mean, does your kid need to be trained how to be a secular humanist who hates God? Because that's the socialization we're talking about. I don't think we think about that. Well, to be quite frank, it's far better for your child to be godly and maybe a little socially awkward than to learn how to hate God um, and be socially acceptable in a community that hates God, right? Um, I mean, there's going to be bits and pieces and parts where, uh, and, and overall, we've got to trust God with those things. But I think far too often the, the parents have... More of a worldview, uh, an unbiblical worldview, than even they think. And so, when we talk about things like socialization, I mean, are are we saying that we we feel like they need to be more worldly or like the world or fit in with the world? Because that's really kind of what we're talking about. I, I think good parenting, just like anything else, if you're involved in a healthy local church, then your children are around other people, yep. other families, right, other. Exactly. So if if you're a healthy family, that really isn't even a very real thing. Um, I, I think that's just one area where parents get pressure on, but it's just not legitimate. And then it, you know, and so we've got to think about those things. Um, so I think public school, personally, should be a very, very last resort. I think, um, it, I think it certainly would require sacrifice to do things like homeschool. But then, it, is it is the sacrifice worth it? surely parents would say yes now let's say and there's tons of materials maybe you aren't equipped to really teach your child but maybe there's a homeschool group around maybe your church um is facilitating something like that Uh, i would go as far as to say you know if, if before public school is an option move and find a church and a community with a healthy church that um can help meet some of those needs. I mean, people move across the country for the dumbest things, sports. I mean, people will pick their family up and move all the way across the country for their kid to be in a high school with the best sports team. Why wouldn't we do that for our kids to be, have the education that they need uh, to, to be able to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, um, well, why wouldn't we do that for for that, right? And so yeah, right. M- maybe maybe it's just that because you could live in a place like okay, like where I live, um, th- this this is a hard place where I live. Lots of families move from here in Alaska because we have one high school. It is atrocious. I mean, the kids. I, it is a known fact that kids are regularly shunned in our local high school if they don't. Um, associate themselves with the LGBTQ community, and so we have yeah. families that leave here all the time. And you know, uh, our church—it's it, a—it's a church plant, um, and it's just we just aren't equipped right now to be able to help um, facilitate a, a, a group right. so that yeah. right families could homeschool maybe together. We don't—we don't have that capability. So maybe if you live in an area like that, it—you just need to move right? Find a church where there are some other families who maybe the parents are equipped to homeschool. They're a little more educated or whatever. uh, And there's that support. I I think that's the way we need to be thinking. And then what's very interesting, and I want to go back to something Jen Wilkins said, because on the other hand, and you've said this earlier, you may be in an area where the public school actually isn't that bad yet. Um, and, And so that may be an option. I think what god expects or what we know rather is that you're diligent in raising your child to love yes. him to fear yep. him and have the knowledge of him so uh it, and it, jen wilkins comment which is very interesting because she's admittedly lives in a very wealthy school district so yep. it, it's just again another irony in her promoting the entire public school system um when she lives in a particularly wealthy area that has resources and funding, and apparently it's a little bit better. Um, but that's just hearsay. That's what she's telling me. I don't really know what's going on in that school. But maybe you do live in an area where the public schools aren't aren't as bad. It's more conservative. Um, I don't know. You live in an area where the, the governor and the local officials have pushed back and kind of kept the woke stuff and the sexual revolution out of the school's as much as they can so that's possible uh, so I don't, I don't think any parent should be just uh, you know i would say don't let any pastor preacher speaker, um put a burden or weight on your conscience that's from an unbiblical perspective the only weight any of us could put on on an individual is the weight of the necessity to train your child in the fear and emanation of the Lord? That's it, and and then a, and then you as a parent has have to decide how to best do that, um, and we can just help point right to things that are happening in the school system, and, and and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, and 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 I will say I agree with Jen Wilkin on this point coming, that there is some fear mongering, and I hate using that word. Um, from our camps uh, uh, concerning public schools, and there, are, I've, I've definitely seen it myself. Where it almost feels like if you send your kid to a public school, you're ungodly, you're not biblical, you're you not hate a Christian. God, yeah, yeah. You're not a Christian. I have actually seen some of those things, although if I'm honest, they've been very few. Um, but that's not right either, because I think you can right. be in a place. Um, mm-hmm. Where, you know, the situation is just such that you can be in public school. I came up in public school as well. My public school experience uh, was atrocious um, for different reasons. Uh, we actually had to move um, neighbor. We, we actually moved cities uh, because I lived in a school where I was the only white guy. There was a lot of gang activities and at yeah. a very early age, I was attacked. Um, some of the kids actually went to juvenile jail and then, you know, a, a kid was shot because he was white in the local high school that I would have been going to the next year. Um, and, and I, I gave those details to say this, I can't say every public school system is bad because of my experience. You know what? I also can't say. I also can't say that all blacks are racist because of my experience. I grew yeah. up in black on white racism. Um, it was just there were some kids that were bad. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And my best friends were also black. <laughs> right. And, and so we just can't take our experiences and judge the whole of everything based on those. Um, but what we have to do. Right. If you're in California, for instance, and your school, the public schools that you have access to are pushing LGBTQ and they're doing all these things. I yeah. think in those cases, we also then have to say it's not the godly choice. It's not the faithful choice. And and you just need to find another way. Um, it would be better for it. L- let me ask you this, Eki. Would it be better in your view if parents educated their own children and maybe they were slightly less educated because the parents weren't quite as well equipped? But the child grew up understanding who God is, what Christ has done, and and how to fear God. Would that in reality be better than having a far richer education worldly speaking and being trained to hate god? what would your what would your response be to that? Oh,
1: what one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think um parents are more able to be able to train up uh, their children in the basics um, than they realize. And at the very least, in, in our area, we have Christian schools in our area, but they only go up to about junior high, and then the kids go into the public high school. Sadly, I think one of the reasons is because um, of sports; uh, they can't really participate in uh, in in high school sports if there is a private institution. So, past attempts at providing a a private kind of uh, Christian high school have failed because too many parents have have the other kind of um, desire. But yeah, I, I would say that. Even if you think your abilities don't quite measure up, um, you'll find a way. Uh, and I, I believe that the, the the teaching, even if it's less than optimal, is still going to be overall more beneficial for, for the child. And then plus, also, if you're a part of a, a large and healthy church um, or if there's co-ops nearby, um, you can start to pull resources where you know maybe uh, different parents specialize in different topics. You know you have um, a parent who does mostly math and science, another parent that does literature or something like that. You know there are solutions that that can be worked out. But absolutely, this is this is similar to when um, I led short-term uh, ministry teams into uh, the Czech Republic many years ago, where we would do an English uh, camp during the daytime, and then at nighttime we would do gospel ministry. But during the daytime. You know the the volunteers who would go. They were concerned about their ability to really teach other people to speak English. And and really, if you speak English, you're you're able to equip them far more than you think. Uh, maybe not to the level that you learned while you're going to school, um, but they will they will learn it. And there are many resources that you can get into. Um, a lot of helpful books, a lot of helpful videos um, that the internet has provided us for all uh, of the kind of social ills that the internet has introduced it has also um, provided with us unprecedented access to good information if you look for it so yes i I would say that um, parents if at all there is the opportunity for one of you maybe to work less hours or to quit your job and just devote yourself to that task even if you're worried that um, you don't have the abilities that you would want from a teacher um, trust me i I believe it's going to be far better and and Quite honestly, and this is not everywhere. I, I know that there are some places where there are some fantastic um, teachers, but in a lot of areas, from the things that I hear and the things that I see, those teachers who are teaching your children are not as good as you think they are. Um, they're not as good as you would hope them to be. So, so definitely, if at all possible, if there's no other avenues of uh, of opportunity. Um, really strongly consider going ahead and just teaching your children yourself. Um, that that would be a whole lot better.
0: Yeah, and and I think Christians. I mean, we've got to. This is kind of where we get into a little bit of separating the the secular and the sacred in the Christian life. It, it everything we do as Christians ought to bring glory to God and ought to be no. as an act of obedience. And the reality is that you've got to trust God with the, with your child. And mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it's interesting because if we just think about, if we just think about the authenticity of our prayers, right? So you send, let's say you have a parent who sends their kid knowingly to godless public school and you're praying and you're asking God to protect your child and you're asking God to, you know, to, to grow them up, to love you. Well, to be quite frank that that's a hypocritical prayer because you're doing the things that promotes the very opposite of what you're praying if you have other options as opposed to raising and educating your child yourself right using whatever and there are tons there're just tons of materials and more and more being put out all the time and maybe your kid doesn't get the same level of education or at least you think that but you know what I, again You're trusting God with that child and for that child to grow up then, at least in the formative years, um, having the knowledge and fear of God, it's just far greater than if if, and look, look, schools are teaching two plus two is five these days. Um, You can't do any worse than that.
1: Right, right, right.
0: I, I mean, sometimes I think we've elevated secular education far beyond its station, right yeah. um it, education means absolutely nothing if you turn into what we see liberalized educated people as today right um because what kind of education tells someone that a, a, a man can become a woman a- and yeah. i'm not meaning to you know just poke fun i'm, I'm serious right I, I mean uh i can't remember who it was did an entire documentary on what is a woman um yeah and no, that yep. Matt Walsh I I watched that document documentary and the reason I bring it up is because the documentary was all done by interviewing highly educated people
1: yeah right
0: um and, and so it, it, i think maybe christian parents need to sort of change how we understand and value and view secular education uh, it's you, just you know, not in, in connection con-
1: right right and in connection to that, and this is not coincidental at all. Um, there are many politicians, many people in the state, um, in the government, who actually want to shut down private schools, um, charter schools, homeschooling um, for that exact reason. Uh, I, I've seen direct quotes from people that say and believe that your child is not yours, your child belongs to the state. I, and i'm not even exaggerating that that's that's uh, i remember watching an interview with a lady who works for msnbc so this is mainstream this is not even a fringe uh kind of media organization but she said your child belongs to the state um well that is very specifically unbiblical and the reason why they're taking that position that your child belongs to the state is because they want to indoctrinate your children to their worldview and one other point um, that i hadn't thought of bringing up until now. Um, th- this whole idea of public schools um has not always been the case. um there there was a time where parents were yeah. responsible for teaching their children everything that they needed to know. the um the The invention of kind of this uh, this centralized schooling system came out of convenience. Ah, uh, for people that wanted to spend more time working, doing other things, um, rather than having every single parent uh, devote that uh, time and attention, you know, you can just send them to one place where they have specialists who who do that for you. And it, it's kind of similar to how electricity um, became centralized. You know, people used to have to generate their own electricity per household. You know, until you got an electric company that can provide that service to each and every household. Um, So it became more of a centralized public service and certainly very, very convenient, but recognize also that you're really handing over the responsibility. You know, the the analogy I often use, you're handing the keys to your car over to someone else. In this case, you're handing over the minds of your children to the state. And in this case, the state wants that control um, because they want to indoctrinate them in a very specific way.
0: Yeah, I think Vody Bakum really said it best. And of course, he's a big homeschool advocate. And he might be a little even further than I am yep. on that. But mm-hmm. but he says, you know, you can't expect your to send your children to Caesar and them not come back like Romans. Um, yep. and, and, and it's just such a good point. You are not going to undo 15,000 hours of secular education in the two or three hours a day um, you get with your children and that's all you get. I mean, your children come home, they have to do homework. You've got a couple hours, um, you know, of interaction. You just, you just can't undo, um, practically that amount of time. Uh, and and I think it's like, I think it's, it's foolish to think that you can. And so if you, if you put your kid in a public school, you've just got to be in a place where it doesn't have all that garbage. And I think, you know, in our lifetime, that will disappear altogether. I think there is a time coming quickly that we'll just have to say public school should never be an option for Christians. Now, I don't think that's true just yet, though. I think we're on the verge of that um, mm-hmm. and, and we'll just we'll just have to see. I want to address just one other thing that Jen Wilkins said, because um, it it might be the most horrendous and godless thing that she said um, and that is when parents choose how to educate their children on the basis of what's best for my family. He says that Christians should push back on that. I think that's just Satan talking right there um, mm. because it is, in fact, God's a man to the parents yeah. and particularly the husband to do what is best for the family. Right, right, right. Um, and and you just you think of, for instance, how the husband treats the wife can affect his prayers being heard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you 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 have the man who doesn't care for his family being compared to the godless. So that's absolutely an evil comment to make. I'm not yeah. saying she's evil, no. but it is an evil comment. That actually should be the very thing that fathers and parents are considering. What is the best thing to do for our family? I don't care about yeah. the community. I don't care about the kids that are going to public school. When you're considering what to do that's right before God with your own family, that has to be the first question. Now, of course, we do care about you know other families in the community, but he- here's the reality you aren't going to answer for the education of the child who lives down the street. You die. You're not going to give an answer for that. God's not going to hold you responsible at all. He's not going to hold you responsible for Mm -hmm. whether or not you volunteered in the public school, none of that, but you will be held responsible before the Holy God of the universe for how you trained and raised your own children. I, I think that was the most devastating comment she made and she made it pretty near the front end. And that pouched her entire argument in in a in, in a godless way. So, absolutely, you should consider what is best for your own family, understanding that what's best for your family is to be obedient to God's word.
1: Yeah, it's again, it comes down to stewardship. What has God entrusted into your care? And Second Corinthians ten five, take every thought captive uh, to the obedience of Christ. Uh, I think a lot of the issue is just a lack of discernment. And and when I say lack of discernment, very specifically, let me be specific, I, I think a lot of Christians are, are not discerning the threat um, that is out there in the world uh, to their children. When they start to prioritize things like um, sports and entertainment over the education of their own children, they they tend to think, well, they'll be okay. I was okay. I went through the public school system, this and that. Uh, you need to understand the spiritual war that that is raging around us and you need to understand your own stewardship to do everything you, you can to make sure that your children understand what is good, right, and holy.
0: Yeah, amen. Well, I hope that this has been helpful uh, to you guys. Again, we'll put in the show notes if you want uh, just a thorough breakdown of, um, of that discussion uh, with uh, Chris Hanholds. We'll put that in the show notes. But thanks for listening. Until next time, let the truth be known. The Truth Be Known Podcast